Welcome to our first podcast on world schooling. I'm here with my co-host, Sarah Decker. Hey! And we are going to be sharing with you today some of the reasons why we love world schooling and some of the things that you can do to make this a successful journey for your family. As we share with you some resources and tips, we want to make sure that you understand that world schooling is not just traveling, it's not just homeschooling, and it's not just about the kids. We'll be exploring ways to learn from anyone in the world, from anywhere in the world. And a big part of it is about how we can explore how to make a contribution with our education. Sarah, you have been world schooling yourself for a few years. Tell me a little bit about how that has impacted and um, affected your life and the things that you want to study and how it's inspired you to pursue your education. In the past couple months, I ended up going on a trip to Kenya. And it was really interesting while I was there because while I was there, I I traveled before. And I, um, I've i been to the Philippines and been to um, Jerusalem and a couple of different places. But going to Kenya just opened my – and going on a humanitarian trip rather than as a study abroad really opened my eyes to – um, a lot of the problems in the world and a lot of what I actually could do to make a difference rather than just, oh, there are problems and it we know there are, but it kind of feels very sterilized and just not. I, th- I think a lot of times we, we go out into the world and we look at all the problems in the world and we wonder, why isn't somebody doing something about this? I, I love the classic quote. I've never been able to figure out who really said it originally, but it was, you know, somebody asking, why doesn't somebody do something about this? And then I realized I, I was somebody. As I've traveled with my kids, one of the big things that, that I have found is that a lot of times kids read about problems or, you know, the news or crises that are going on in the world, and they just think, the, you know, the government's going to take care of it. Some big nonprofit organization's going to take care of it. And in, in traveling and getting them actually down into the nitty gritty of some of the things that we've done and places that we have visited, uh, they've really realized that, you know, it's really about what are they going to do about the problems and that there's a lot of room for them, even at a young age, to do something about the problem. One of my daughters said to me not too far back, you know, we're always being told by by everybody at all these big, you know, leadership retreats and all of these things that we're doing, you know, you guys are going to grow up to, you know, to save the world. You're the you're the future of the world and and you guys are going to have to figure out how to solve all these problems and things like that and and I remember she looked at me and and she said, "I'm just so tired of hearing that, mom. Like, you're only in your 40s. What are you doing about it? You still have another 50 years of your life at least, hopefully." Um, you know, what are you contributing? Making those things a big part of our trips has really helped us discover as, as a family what everybody can do in their own sphere. And it, it helps us as parents set an example of what it looks like to recognize that you need a skill and then turn to the internet and turn to where am I going to take a class to learn how to do this? Um, you know, For example, we've worked with some Sherpas in Nepal that have become really good friends over the last several years. They their whole business had really declined after after the earthquake. And when we asked them what it was that they needed, they one of the things that they said was, you know, help marketing their services. And they needed a website for their trips to base camp on Everest. And so we figured out how to build them 
a website, learned how to do, you know, web design and things like that and help them be able to sell more of these things and and help them in a way that is going to be of a long-term benefit. But because of the kids seeing me go through that, they also started learning how to build websites themselves and offer those services to other businesses, a, a jewelry maker, for example, in Nepal that needed a website as well, or a falconer here in the U.S. who wants to sell his online, online classes and make a living doing what he loves, they can offer those skills that they are, that you know, that they're getting to make a contribution with their education. World schooling doesn't stop when you're done with high school. World schooling doesn't stop when you're done with college. It's something about learning and being able to contribute whenever, wherever you are and being able to learn those skills to be able to share, which is really one of the coolest things about world schooling. I think one of the things most of us parents want for our kids is for them to learn to truly empathize and connect and appreciate other people and other cultures and their way of life, uh, other religions, have all of these things really be real to them. How, how would you say uh, learning about Kenya in a, in a textbook would, is different and how did it actually change you and your trajectory in life by actually going there and spending time with Maasai warriors and seeing the the effects that they're trying to bring into their own societies how are you different from having experienced that it has dramatically changed me while I was there I looked around and saw so many things that I could do right now I'm currently working on a certification for the Days for Girls um, nonprofit, which is an incredible nonprofit that um, works with bringing um, re reusable feminine hygiene products to women all over the world. And it changed how I view myself and how I view the world and how I can do things within the world and that I can actually actively do things. It changed a lot of the things that I have been wanting to do and made me realize that I want to do a lot more world schooling in the future and be, and travel to different places and be able to help a lot of different places. It also made me realize that I want to write a lot more and that I've been working on that. And so just, it kind of kick-started me into gear, I guess, really, with a lot of different things. Would you say it, it inspired you to identify certain skills that you need to get? Absolutely. What can I, what can I learn? What do I need to learn to be able to help other people and to be able to um, travel the way that I want to. So yes, I've been looking into a bunch of different things from self-defense to medical training to computer skills. To get you started, we want to give you some specific resources. And before we get into that, I just want to share with you an analogy that has really stuck with me and that I share with my kids. And I encourage you to share it with your families as well. It's one of the most powerful analogies about this kind of education or metaphors that, that has really changed the trajectory of how and why we do things. And it's it has to do with the Dead Sea. And we are broadcasting from Utah, where we have a very similar situation. We have Utah Lake, and then the Jordan River that flows into the Salt Lake, which is like the Dead Sea. And it's interesting that it's the, the Jordan River that connects the two is the, the same as the, the rivers in, in Israel. Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and then the Jordan River flows out of Galilee, and then it flows down into the Dead Sea. The interesting thing about a lake or any body of water or a person, as we are going to be using this analogy in this example, is that 
when things flow into it, like your education, anything that you learn, anything that you're adding to your body of knowledge, skill sets that you have, anything that you're doing, when things are flowing into it and nothing is flowing out, it dies. In For Utah Lake, for example, it has an outflow. The Sea of Galilee has an outflow. They're both happen to be called the Jordan River. Um, and everything along that river is green. It gives life to everything that it touches. It brings abundance to everything that it touches. It shares, it contributes. And then it goes into the Salt Lake or to the Dead Sea. Now, the thing that makes these lakes or bodies of water dead is that they don't have an outflow. They don't give anything back. They're not contributing their resources or the things that they know and their skills to other things. And so what happens is the water just evaporates and the minerals and everything in the water have nowhere to go, mostly the salt. And it start, it gets to a point where it is so saturated with that with the salt that it kills everything in it, except for some very, very resilient brain shrimp. But we are very much the same way. When we are constantly having things come into us, when we're constantly learning and we are, uh, a lot of times that, that learning is more for our self-glorification than it is with the thought of how am I going to use this to contribute and to make the world a better place? We become like the Dead Sea or the Salt Lake where we just kind of become dead. There, there comes a point where all of that knowledge, it just doesn't satisfy anymore. There's no fulfillment in it. I just think it's a wonderful metaphor for as we pursue our, our education and our travels that we really try to look at it in a way that we're looking for what we can contribute. What can we learn from the people that we are getting to, to know and how can we um, assist each other in becoming more prosperous and becoming better people and connecting with one another if we constantly look at our education and we have our children see us set the example of what that looks like, then it becomes a very fulfilling, it just becomes a lifelong endeavor as opposed to ending when your schooling ends. The world is changing so much. The, the resources that we have, there's, there's not much that a third grade teacher knows that, um, that Google doesn't know. Now, having a, having a mentor, having somebody to guide you through, having close groups that you can read and discuss things with, those are absolutely crucial. You can't get those things out of Google any more than you can get out of a textbook. The communities that are built around learning, we've got some great resources to show you, both classes that we have and classes that other people have where students can get online and read great books together and discuss them together, not just with kids from their own religious background or geographical area, but with kids from all over the world so they can see different points of view and experience different cultures and see how some of those same stories come across so differently, you know, for other people. We'll wrap up this first episode and invite you to join us to subscribe to, we'll be interviewing many world schoolers, people that are learning to be digital nomads, people that are working abroad with their families so they can share with you how they do it, how they pay for it, how they're educating their children in different parts of the world and on their travelers, on their 
and on their travels. We'll be interviewing youth who are doing this so that you can hear from them how it's impacting them and affecting them and inspiring the things that they do. We'll be sharing ideas, resources, and hopefully be able to inspire you and help you gain the confidence that you've got what it takes to do this with your family. Remember the whole world is your classroom. Go out there, explore, learn, contribute, and make